0: members, and either welcome or welcome back to At Least There's a Dog, a Star Trek Enterprise review podcast in which we will boldly go, episode by episode, through the Star Trek series that, whatever its flaws, undeniably has the most dog. We are your hosts, Mandy and Josh, and on tonight's show, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 16, Doctor's Orders.
1: Or... I think we could safely say the one with the most dog this season.
0: The one with the most dog this season, also the one with the most Voyager this season.
1: Well, it was more or less ripped off from a, a Voyager plot. More. More. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, more. But it was a it was a decent little episode. I don't think I'm going to remember it for very long afterwards. I it was. was a, it was a. Nice, fun, little, forgettable episode.
1: I was less into it than you were.
0: Oh. But that's okay. Yeah, I dug it. I'm glad you did. I'll probably fall in the upper middle of my rankings for this season.
1: Lower middle for mine if I bothered to rank them all, but okay, I don't.
0: Okay. <laughs> I think it was also more up my alley than yours in general, because it was a horror episode.
1: <clears throat> I was about to say, this was kind of an appropriate episode for us to do now, because... Yeah. This is a spooky episode.
0: It was, and you all know what the likelihood of us get, getting another episode out before Halloween is. We might.
1: <laughs> we but no might. promises. You know, this is our, our spooky Halloween episode.
0: Yeah, spooky Halloween. Um, yeah. Should I just go ahead and tell everybody what it was about? Sure. Okay. So, this was Doctor's Orders, which is not a sequel to Dear Doctor.
1: I though know, we were, were all ready for it to be. And it did have, like, a surprising amount of Porthos, just like uh, Dear Doctor.
0: Did Dear Doctor have a lot of No, I'm thinking of a Night and Sick Day. I'm
1: thinking of a Night and Sick Day.
0: The Flox episodes and the Porthos episodes do seem to line up. Anyway, this was Doctor's Orders. In What is Enterprise Ripping Off This Week? You could do worse, though I don't know how much worse, than that one episode of Voyager where Seven of Nine is alone on the ship with only the Doctor for company. This time, Phlox is alone on the ship, in a big space anomaly that uh, the NXO-1 has to travel through, and that has conveniently necessitated putting everyone else in a coma so that John Billingsley can pitch his concept for Enterprise as a one-man show. So Phlox is in charge of everything. There to assist is Porthos, who didn't need to be put to sleep, and T'Pol, who is very definitely really there, you guys. Totally actually there, and definitely not a hallucination.
1: Uh, yeah, moving yeah. on.
0: But being alone on the ship is starting to get to Flocks. He begins to see increasingly upsetting and intrusive visions that interfere with his work. He fires a phaser at Porthos, which is unforgivable. <laughs> and he starts to panic a little when he realizes the anomaly is growing and might envelop the ship for another 10 weeks. Will Flocks hold it together? Will the ship escape the anomaly intact? Should we read anything into the fact that Phlox never once hallucinated either Mayweather or Reed while he was in distress? The star (laughs) of the show, Porthos, eats a leech.
1: That's right, he does.
0: I wonder what that thing actually was, because Lil Breezy gobbled it up.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing it was something yummy.
0: Yeah. I'm sure she got lots of treats while she was filming.
1: I hope she did.
0: I imagine that's how they get the dogs to do the things they need them to do.
1: Also, it's the only thing they and pay the dogs.
0: That required a lot of animal handling.
1: Yeah, like they don't pay the dogs in money, only in treats. Well, So they better give them good treats. We
0: don't like it when dogs eat money. I
1: can't disagree. Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, so like I said, I like this one. I thought it was a reasonably, like, not a... It certainly wasn't a great episode. Like, it would not go down in the, in the great Star Trek episodes or even the great Enterprise episodes. But I thought it was a reasonably effective little one-off horror episode. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even mind that it almost completely departed from this season's major arc to have this little one-off episode. Especially since I think it's been a while since we got to see Phlox really do anything.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I have no problem with the, um, you know, giving a Phlox episode... I have definitely no problem with the Flocks plus Porthos episode plus T'Pol. Like they're all good. Um, I I think to me the the thing I was a little more bothered by was that it was a entirely dependent on a chamelon twist. That
0: uh, I figured out pretty much instantly. Yeah, yeah. Not you, to brag.
1: You you said yeah. Hey Josh, pause it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I said, Paul's a hallucination, calling it now. And you were correct. Yep. That was kind of cool, though, because for the rest of the episode, I know that both of us were just watching for evidence that she was a hallucination. And, and, it, was it. and it was all there. And it was all there. And that was kind of neat. They no. did not do anything that violated the rules of her being a hallucination.
1: Yep. She didn't handle any objects, she didn't open any doors.
0: And it also meant that I did she not. She didn't
1: know anything Flux didn't know.
0: It also meant that I did not have to be deeply annoyed at how out of character T'Pol was acting, even for Mm T'Pol, because I knew, okay, this isn't actually T'Pol, this is T'Pol as produced by Phlox's imagination. So Mm -hmm. she's acting like Phlox. And I'll get to this in the pluses and minuses, but that was one of the, I thought the dynamic between the two of them worked really, really well. Mm -hmm. And I will not say that I want to see it again, because I want to see T'Pol act like T'Pol, but it was really good for this episode. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, I, th- I think she did a great job. Um, yeah. I. Th- I guess yeah. Just like it was. It was perfectly fine. Just um, I felt it. It relied very heavily on a pretty obvious twist. And I don't know if it was like expecting us to not see the twist or. Did
0: or- it really rely on the twist that much though? Because if you take away the twist, how much how much changes? Like if you took to Paul completely out of the episode, could you not have the episode?
1: You could have it. It's just there's, there's not much meat to it. I think
0: there was not much meat to it anyway.
1: Yeah, and I, I feel like if, but I don't if think... you take away the the mystery, then, it it's really just let's watch Flocks be uncomfortable.
0: Which, given that it's inherently interesting to watch Flocks, okay, okay. You could do worse things for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, please. Speaking of worse things we, should do, we could do, um, let's talk about uh, Faith of the Start.
1: Oh, good transition. Yeah.
0: Um, so for those of you who are just joining us and picked this episode to do so for some reason, Faith of the Start <laughs> is the segment where we answer one simple question, which is on a scale of 1 to 10. How much did the theme song ruin this episode's cold open?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I said a seven for this one.
1: I said a five.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm happy with the medium of a six.
1: Yeah, that's fine. But uh, this was this was um, the first was, one since we, we started counting these that uh, I think really was a bit jarring.
0: It was bad, but not egregiously bad. Yeah. Just like we went from Archer in a coma unexplained with porthos licking his face and clearly being worried like what has happened to the human to it's been a long road mm-hmm. and yeah. just now no guys no yeah it, it that's our good old theme song screwing with the tone
1: yep it was uh inappropriate
0: i am told there are episodes in season four where they will briefly ditch the theme song
1: we will see
0: indeed we will That'll be something to look forward to, I think, maybe?
1: I'm not going to speculate.
0: Fair enough. And then I believe it's time for you to give me some trivialities.
1: Oh, yeah. So this was kind of a difficult episode to find something uh, trivial about. Um, This is, I think, a a rather extreme example of a bottle episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Not only was it entirely set on their usual sets and didn't have any guest stars, it also, most of the cast was barely in it. Yeah. So this was probably a a nice, fairly cheap episode to produce. Um,
0: They probably have some pretty big set pieces coming up, and they've already had some pretty big set pieces, so it would not surprise me if we get more bottle episodes between now and the end of the season, too. Yeah, gotta
1: save up the budget, you know, save the time, etc. But I think I found something interesting. So, you notice who directed it? Roxanne Dawson. Yeah. So, what do you know about Roxanne Dawson?
0: Well, she was Bellana Torres.
1: She was. She
0: is actually one of my favorite Trek directors Uh at this point. Um, I love the episodes that she directs. Well, I don't don't always think that they're good. Do you remember um,
1: what, what the first episode she directed was?
0: It was something back in season one.
1: Nope. It was a Voyager episode.
0: Right, 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 right. Oh, I thought I thought you meant of just Enterprise. No, no,
1: well, the, the first Voyager episode she directed.
0: Was it one?
1: No, it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> that that would have been pretty been great. Funny.
0: <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, it, you probably no. Won't. Yeah. I will not remember.
1: Yeah, and and that's fine. I, it's
0: amazing how little of Voyager I remember.
1: I also looked this stuff up before we record. True. And write it down. Um, she directed an episode called Riddles, and this is one where Tuvok gets like. Some severe. I
0: remember that one where Tuvok like turns into not a Vulcan for a while.
1: Yeah, because of like a brain injury yeah. and Neelix is trying to help him.
0: Yeah, and they become best buds for like one episode. And yeah. then when Tuvok comes back, Tuvok is like, ew, no.
1: <laughs> that was her directorial debut.
0: Okay. I honestly don't remember that episode all that well, but... I think I remember liking it in the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what her acting debut was?
0: Was it in Star Trek?
1: Well, it actually was in, on Broadway. Oh. 1982. She was in A Chorus Line.
0: Oh, okay. Was she a character I'd have heard of?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, Diana Morales?
0: Oh, she was Morales. Cool. Morales has like the one song from Chorus Line that I know. Nice.
1: Um, yeah. She... Which is
0: about getting kicked out of performing arts school. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, as you know, she uh, played uh, B'Elanna Torres on Voyager. Um, about a year after she started playing B'Elanna Torres on Voyager, her ex-husband... Casey Biggs. Casey Biggs, yep. They were married from 1985 to
0: 1987.
1: mm mm-hmm. um, Started playing Damar on Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, that's right. She uh, she predated him on mm-hmm. Star Trek. But yeah, I remember she was Roxanne Biggs Dawson for the first season of Voyager and then was just Roxanne Dawson.
1: Yeah. Because um, she
0: Married somebody else.
1: Eric Dawson. Yep. And got rid of the Biggs part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm yeah she's uh, she's had an interesting career. I know she did a she did a like very Christian movie yeah a couple years ago.
1: yeah the breakthrough was yeah. her that was actually her feature film debut as a director. Yeah. Um, but she has done tons of TV mm-hmm. um, especially in like you know sci-fi and action sort of stuff.
0: That makes sense. Mm -hmm. This was not actually planned to turn into just the Roxanne Dawson tribute episode, but I'm kind of okay with it turning into that because I think she's a wonderful TV director.
1: Yeah. Um, And I just like there wasn't much else trivial to talk about with this episode.
0: That is fair. Like we could have talked about the movie that Flox was watching, but that wouldn't be that exciting. It's the court jester. It's a Danny Kaye movie. Yep. Of course Flox likes Danny (laughs) Kaye.
1: And yes, mom, we, 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 we remember.
0: <laughs> yep. Flox would probably like Tom Lehrer too.
1: Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, he would.
0: Yeah. They never explore like fun 20th century pop culture in these things.
1: Oh, also, come on.
0: Also, once, ag- also, once again, the 20th century is the only century that exists in Star Trek. <laughs> it's
1: true. They, they don't watch any 21st century films.
0: Well, but like they could at least make a few up, you know? From time to time?
1: You would think. You'd think they'd make up some... They, yeah. They don't these, put that much effort into making these things up. These scripts would all like, be better if I wrote them. I, I mean, I, I guess you've got things like Captain Proton that are... Uh, yeah, but
0: even Captain Proton was like rooted oh, you're in... you're right.
1: It's rooted in like in 1950s, like, yes. 20th century culture again.
0: Yeah, because it's a Tom Paris thing, and Tom Paris is obsessed with whatever parts of 20th century culture the Voyager writers are obsessed with. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's... Uh, kind of strange it's like this is the equivalent of like everybody in today's society being obsessed with classical music mm-hmm. which like i know some people are super into classical music but it tends but one not everybody and two not to the exclusion of everything else
1: mm-hmm. but then of course we have the inevitable shifting of the genres where the oldies remain 30 years ago and the uh Classic Rock remains 20 years ago. and Oh, uh, boy. And um, that's how G- James Kirk in the uh, Abrams vs. Uh, Beastie Boys band. Let's fan. not
0: talk about that too much. I heard <laughs> Kryptonite on the Classic Rock station the other day.
1: Oh, boy. Wait, no!
0: That was not okay. No! Yes. Oh. I checked to make sure it was the Classic Rock station. Anyway, the episode. All right, yeah, let's
1: let's, <laughs> let's stop. get back to the Yeah, episode. let's stop depressing ourselves.
0: <laughs> All right, pluses and
1: minuses. Pluses and minuses.
0: Okay. Um, well, as long as we're talking about Roxanne Dawson, I'm going to talk about the direction because I thought it was real good. Um, uh-huh. It was really effective horror direction. Like it was cheesy horror direction, but that was this was clearly intended to be cheesy horror. Mm-hmm. It had one reasonably effective jump scare.
1: We knew it was coming, but I guess that's what makes a jump scare We did, effective. but also
0: it was not the jump scare that I was expecting. I was expecting, like, oh, Bacula's corpse is going to reach out and grab his leg or something like that. And then it turned out to be an outside-the-window jump scare, mm-hmm. which uh, I had prepared myself for something else. So nice little fake out there. There was a lot of really effective use of the moving camera and the over-the-shoulder camera. And mm-hmm. a lot of, like, effective use of the space in a way that I haven't seen since uh since season one and whereas in season one there was a lot of emphasis on how small and cramped the NXO one is um they used a lot of techniques in this episode to make it look a lot bigger than it usually does in part i think because nobody was there
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a big ship for one person. Like
0: the uh, the engine room, in a way that it has not before, and because of the way that they were usually shooting it from up above, looked huge. Mhm. And so, uh, nice job, Roxanne, and also the camera people. Strong effort from all of you.
1: Cool. Um, my biggest plus on this episode, Porthos.
0: Yep, lots of screen time for Porthos. Lots of
1: screen time for Porthos. He's a very good dog.
0: Good job, Breezy. Yeah. Good girl. Just, just all good. Yeah. Um, More of that, please. Yep. Please, please. Another plus both JBs did a great
1: job. JBs?
0: John Billingsley and Jolene Blaylock.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, so. John Billingsley's always good. He's one of those extremely stalwart character actors who always shows up ready to do his job. Mm-hmm. But uh, he has... I realized that he is especially good at acting against crappy CG in this episode because he had this wonderfully effective glassy-eyed, horrified stare at a spot where Roxanne Dawson was promising him a big, scary insect was going to be later. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some... Quite good actors who are not good at acting against things that aren't there, and he uh, he held his own very very well there. The dynamic between him and Jolene Blaylock was great, and she was very very good at playing Flocks this episode. Yeah,
1: playing a,
0: uh, playing T'Pol, panicked
1: Flocks. Playing to Paul through Phlox. Yeah. Through through Phlox's, uh, and, and I thought that she—I thought
0: that she was at her best when Flocks was getting really panicky because she mirrored him very, very well. I and hadn't even we, noticed that. And since that... we both, since we both knew what they were doing at that point, because we knew she was a hallucination, I got to skip the part where I would have been mad at them, like mm-hmm. I said before, and just got to admire how good she was at uh, being both this out of character and this in character. Mm-hmm. So nice job, episode MVPs, people with the initials JB.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I, again, uh, I thought the the acting was quite good. Um, there was. You got other stuff. I just a, a I didn't write down all that much. This is one of those episodes where I was watching it, just like. Trying to, you know, I was I was looking for, are they going to break the fair enough rules on that? Which I guess is something we already mentioned, but it's that worth is also saying a plus that
0: they, they obeyed their own rules the entire um, time.
1: Yeah, that uh, at no point did uh, to Paul do anything that a hallucination would not be able to do.
0: Yeah, I also did not write down a ton for this episode, but I got a couple more. Um, um I wanted to. Yeah.
1: There was one line I liked where. Um, Fox is saying he got a newfound respect for uh, respect for Travis Mayweather. Yeah. From uh
0: If only everybody else did. <laughs> the writers are like, We respect you, Travis Mayweather, and Travis Mayweather in the background is like, Then why don't I ever get to do anything? <laughs> it's
1: kinda like that. Alright.
0: Yeah. Next your turn. Um, that shower scene with Hoshi. Really? What a yeah, I thought like it came right the hell out of nowhere, but I thought that was such an effective scene.
1: It was scary.
0: Yes, Linda Park got to do a fun makeup call. Yep. Um, and again, just like I, I really did not know what to expect from that scene when Flocks uh, barged in on her and barged in on her in the shower. Like,
1: yeah, Is fair some, enough. Like,
0: is somebody gonna kill her? Is this gonna be a psycho type scene? Is she gonna try to kill him? And then she came out and she was a zombie. Mm-hmm. And. There was it was a really really effective just what the hell moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you got anything else?
1: Yes, I do. I think one of my favorite things about this episode was Flock's um, talking about Denobula, and that was cool. And um, you know what How it much means he to him? It. Yeah, because you know we we've heard little bits and pieces. And I want to keep hearing more Little Bits of Beasts. It sounds like a fascinating place with a fascinating culture.
0: It does. It's a shame they will never show up in Star Trek again. Why is that? I hope we don't find out. Because I don't want it to be sad.
1: Yeah, I agree. 100% agree.
0: Because for the time being, it seems like they'd be real good additions to the Federation. And I'm not sure I want to find out why they aren't. Like, I know why. Timing. But Yeah, they created the
1: species. Yeah, but... You know, why haven't they shown up in, I don't know, Discovery? Yeah. Lower Decks or anything. Perfect
0: opportunities here, you guys. Do you just like pretending that Enterprise doesn't exist?
1: I think some of them actually do.
0: Yeah. Well, you all suck. (laughs) Um, This was a little thing, but I appreciated it. Was Flocks slash the show understanding how degrees work?
1: Uh... Like, educational
0: degrees. There's a point where T'Pol says to him something like, you have 12 different degrees in the sciences. And Phlox is like, yeah, but none of them are in this thing that you want me to do right now. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yes, this is a very, very small and nitpicky thing. But I appreciate you understanding that having a degree in something does not mean that you are an expert on all things related to whatever your degree is in.
1: Speak for yourself.
0: I speak for all of us.
1: Mine mine isn't physics. That means I know all the things that are physical.
0: You have told me so many things that you don't know because they (laughs) weren't related to your specialty.
1: Uh, I know it's true.
0: (laughs) And so many things that you've forgotten. The stuff that you forget is also key once you stop using it.
1: It's also true. True, true, true. Anyway, enough talking about my minuses. Let's let's...
0: (laughs) Um, Talk I... Talk about the shows? Yeah, I feel like I had one other thing that I didn't write down, but maybe...
1: It'll come to you. It'll Or come it tonight. won't.
0: Or won't. And either way, it's fine. Oh, yeah, I remember it now. This episode flew by. Huh. For me, at least. Okay. Um, there was a point where you paused it, and I was like, dang, we only have ten minutes left? hmm I thought this episode just started. And I was pleased, because I was expecting it to drag by when I figured out their little secret at the very beginning, and then it did not.
1: Okay. I don't feel like it flew by for me, but it wasn't like long or anything. So yeah,
0: right, well that's good. Alright, minuses.
1: Yeah, again, you really, really enjoyed this one. That's great. Um Is is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Um Okay, I'm just gonna jump to the end, actually. Okay. Just do the end first. It was never clear to me and never made clear. Was the NX01 actually just like not getting through this weird region of space? Oh, I thought... Or was that a hallucination?
0: Oh, I thought it was clear that it was.
1: Like, they all acted as if it was, but when it was going on, I'm like, why are you assuming this isn't a hallucination?
0: I was wondering that myself, but... Um...
1: You, you are assuming it's not a hallucination, and you are going to go turn on the warp engines, which you were specifically instructed not to do... When you could even just, like, revive, you know, um, Trip. And just be like, what's it look like out the window? It's not even that simple.
0: I see where you're coming from. And I agree to some extent. But I thought that by the end, they made it clear that he had not hallucinated that. And that it was showing up on all of their, like, sensors and instruments, too.
1: Okay. But yeah, I, I was... When he first
0: looked out the window and saw that it was still purple though, I thought it was totally a hallucination.
1: Yeah. And so I, I was wondering, like, you know they get through it and then uh
0: And I also wondered why Brain to Paul, like I mean I guess Brain to Paul was pretty much mentally where he was at that point, but Brain to Paul had previously been trying to talk him out of some of the rasher things he'd been thinking about doing,
1: like mm-hmm. shooting Porthos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um but yeah I I wish there had been I don't know some acknowledgement of it. I don't think they even mentioned it after he was waking everyone up. No, I out. don't think they did. Like it just some acknowledgement of it so that it's it's clear what actually happened. I I don't think this is one of those things you want to leave ambiguous.
0: No. They prob. My guess is that they thought they had made it clear that uh, that that part had actually happened.
1: Fair enough. Just when you have an unreliable narrator, did. I uh, I don't trust it.
0: That is fair. That's very fair. Um, we already talked about how obvious twist was obvious. Um, mm-hmm. So I will point out that uh, I don't have that many minuses. That's fine. Um, one little niggle that I have though is that they don't watch their own show and. Uh, uh-huh. They f- and they forgot that denobulans only have to sleep once a year. And so to Paul repeatedly telling flocks to go get some sleep because you haven't slept in days didn't make any sense.
1: Yep, you're spot on there.
0: I think at some point she switched to get some rest, which is a little more ambiguous. But it was definitely said at one point, you haven't slept in several days, perhaps you should rest.
1: I don't particularly remember that line, but I totally believe and it I happened. And I had one
0: of those moments of, "Excuse me, do you all watch Star Trek?" Mm-hmm. Remember the things you've come up with regarding your own characters, please.
1: All right. I was. This is a small detail, mm-hmm. but Flux is running away from a hostile alien. Uh-huh. Where does Flux choose to hide? The airlock. Has Phlox never seen a space horror movie?
0: No, and that's a really good transition into my next minus, Because your thought.
1: Because if you hide in the airlock, you're going to get sucked out of it. Yep. That's, that's a space horror movie thing.
0: And my next minus was going to be, I appreciate that he'd watched a classic horror movie on Tucker's recommendation the previous week, but The Exorcist? This was a perfect moment to have him in like a shaky mindset already because he'd watched Alien or Event Horizon.
1: Had Event Horizon come out? Yeah, I think so. Event Horizon's from the eighties. No, it's not.
0: Or wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, Event Horizon had come out. Event Horizon is from 2000. So yeah, it had come out already.
1: That movie will give you nightmares.
0: It will, the first time you see it. It's way less effective on subsequent viewings, I have learned.
1: I haven't wanted to view it subsequently.
0: That's fair. Or, you know, if you wanted to go with classic 70s, 80s horror, horror Alien.
1: Alien's a great movie film.
0: That'll make you scared of being in space.
1: That one, I feel like that's a that's a tough one, like, to put into the... Uh...
0: Though I feel like Phlox would be able to watch Alien with a detached academic eye.
1: Oh yeah, he'd be fascinated by the... Um... The physiology of the xenomorph alien.
0: Yeah, maybe not Event Horizon though, because there's so much weird, like quasi religious stuff in it.
1: Yeah. Any anyway, okay, so you, you objected to and the And if you want to talk about the cheap jump
0: scares. Yes, I did. Okay. I thought a space horror movie would have been more fitting. It's a very small thing, but you know me.
1: Alright. Um
0: Why is Fox eating leeches? He eats weird stuff, we knew that.
1: But aren't the leeches for medical use?
0: They can be both, I guess. Maybe they're old leeches. Oh, and after geez. that, he eats them.
1: <laughs>
0: he doesn't have the same dietary restrictions that humans do. Okay. I was like, what? Yeah, indeed. Okay. Um, I didn't need naked flocks.
1: That the was scene, an, that the was scene an was, Austin Powers gag.
0: It was. The scene was funny in a really lowbrow sort of way, but I did not actually need that.
1: Like, I I actually was, I like the idea that he's, he's going to deal with being alone on the ship by running around, singing, and then being naked. But not like, at
0: the same time, unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately, they should have done them at the same time. I think that would have been more effective.
0: Though I guess, like, running around naked on the ship would have been would have made it even more clear that T'Pol was a hallucination because if there were any chance that T'Pol could have caught him, he yeah. would not have been running around naked on the ship. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair.
1: Trip on the other hand. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm out. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think I'm about out too.
0: I just didn't have, I didn't really have big quibbles because this wasn't the kind of episode that gives you big quibbles. It was fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and like like we said, that, I mean, my biggest quibble with it was the, um, how obvious the T'Pol thing was. Like, yes. The key was that Archer makes a big deal about giving control of the ship to Flocks. Mm-hmm. If T'Pol was there, he wouldn't have done that.
0: And no one, no one mentions T'Pol being there until he starts hallucinating her.
1: Yeah, so that was a little bit easy. But, you know, that's one thing. It's a big thing, but it's just one thing.
0: We have a dog having good dreams. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. All right. So does that mean it's awards time?
1: I guess it is.
0: So Mayweather Report. Who got marginalized the most this episode?
1: I'd say Malcolm Reed.
0: I'd say Malcolm Reed, too, because... I don't remember him being in there at all. He did, He had like one line when they were about to go into the anomaly. I don't even remember what it was. Okay. It was just Reed grumbling about something. But also... Neither Reed nor Mayweather showed up in a hallucination, and Flox doesn't respect Reed.
1: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Oh, she got to be a one-scene wonder in this episode. Creepy. Yep, so uh, I think Malcolm Reed has gotten a fair number of these. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And then finally the Kirk Award. Every show we bestow the James Tiberius Kirk Award on the character who spends the episode keeping the Star Trek legacy alive by doing the best William Shatner impersonation. This one's kind of a duh.
1: Of course it is. Yeah, it's Porthos. It's yeah. Porthos.
0: Are you being serious right now?
1: I wrote down Porthos.
0: Okay, give me your logic. Other uh, than you want to give Porthos the Kirk Award.
1: I have been wanting to give Porthos the Kirk Award for so long. Um. Who was the only character who was smooching it up.
0: Bear. Fair.
1: <laughs> and, and Porthos also, was the hero.
0: And also Phlox didn't really act like Kirk. He acted like Phlox. Yeah. Whatever. You can have this. Really? Yeah, sure. Why not?
1: <laughs> Yay! Uh,
0: congratulations, puppy dog.
1: Yay, Porthos.
0: Yay. This is this is a gift from me to you.
1: Who were you gonna give it to? Oh Flocks. Oh.
0: I was going the easy way out. Yeah, no. Anyway
1: <laughs> No, because he, he really like even when he was like acting paranoid, he wasn't er, acting like Kirk paranoid.
0: No. And he wasn't like this is another kind of testament to John Billingsley's performance was that it didn't feel like scenery chewing. Um, it yeah. It no. felt like a legitimate not that scenery chewing can never be legitimate, but it felt like a, a serious performance of somebody who was very stressed out and starting to kind of go a little bit cuckoo as a result.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it was actually subtle and well done. Yeah. No offense, William Shatner. I legitimately do respect you and I hope you had a great time in space. Seriously. Um,
0: what a lovely thing to happen.
1: Yay, Porthos gets the award.
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) I think that's about a wrap, then. That's a wrap. All right. As always... Best episode. Yes. Okay, I'm glad you've come around. As always, thank you for listening. (laughs) If you are enjoying this, please tell all your friends and family to join the crew. If you're really enjoying this, please consider leaving us a rating or review or signing up for a subscription on the podcast platform of your choice. If you... Would like to tell us how we have brightened your day or send us some ideas for the show? Shoot us an email at at least there's a dog at gmail dot com. Shout out to Alex, our new regular correspondent who has been uh, given us lots of insights and ideas on uh, on things that we talk about here. We would love to hear from more of you. Mm-hmm. And if you are watching along with us, uh, your next viewing assignment is the episode Hatchery. I remembered without having to look it up. Nice Just done. barely. Hatchery <laughs> is the next episode. It has a very double takey Amazon preview description, so I'm looking forward to that one. Take care of yourselves, and until next time, remember to go wherever your heart will take you. Bye. Bye.